This is the practice episode three of our podcast. For this episode, we are going to be reviewing a fan favorite, long awaited episode. 15 months we've waited for this one, guys. That's right. Feels like two years. You're finally reviewing the suitcase. (laughs) Episode seven, season four. Matt. That's right. Yes, sir. I think this is going to what this is Jeremy's first time watching any it's, of Mad Men, correct? This is my first time with Mad Men and really any show in that genre. Yeah, oh, man. I, I've really? heard Suits is good. Haven't really seen any of that. Um, Eric is actually currently watching Scandal, but I, I just never really seen anything like this. Yeah, like prestige drama kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sopranos, The Wire, Sopranos. Yep, neither of those. How would you classify Bloodliners? Oh, okay. The first season. Yes, obviously. Like after the first season of Bloodline, that's just different. Different show altogether, in my opinion. Potentially a future episode of this podcast. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be a good one. We could discuss that. I did like the feel of it, though. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ray. I'm going to go ahead. I'm about to cut this off into a different segment. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I, you know, um, I think there's a big reason we wanted to do it is so Jeremy could see this show. Um, I think we wanted to talk about it with him. And I, I, it's just an easy show to talk about from an analysis standpoint because it's very layered. You know, mm. it's, it's got a lot going on to it. This episode, maybe not as much as a lot. Um, it's pretty straightforward. It's kind of, you know, a bottle episode. For sure. Okay. Very, it's very so, like, yeah, you go to the bar and all that, but it's definitely you're in the office. Yeah, it's just Don and Peggy. Yep. Okay. Part. So I guess if I don't want to step on anything you're about to say, Ray, but mm. what – is there? Is this just your favorite episode, or is the, is this your favorite episode all time in the show? All time period. Is it? What made it be the one where you knew I could watch? Well, you know? going back through it, I I remember why I chose this. While it's not my favorite episode of Mad Men, it's definitely I feel like the most pivotal moment. I mean, barring that, it is the square dead in the middle of. The whole season, yeah. you know, there's 92 turtles episodes, and this is episode 46. But just something I don't want to get in too far into this. This is in some of my notes, but the way Don's character progresses, it definitely coincides with the episode number and the structure of okay. the seasons. It, it is, I don't know, I think it's kind of cool. I think just the way the writers went about just shifting Don's narrative a little bit is just really cool and just proves why, in my opinion, Mad Men could and will stand the test of time as far as watchable media. I think for me, I concur with all that for sure. Um, As far as how I rate it, with Mad Men, and this is, I want Raymond's rating on a scale of 1 to 10 too. For me, it's probably a 9. Um, it's a top 
15, maybe 10 episode. I can certainly think of a few that I like more. Um, but it is, I think a lot of people consider it the best episode of the show. And a lot of people call it one of the best episodes of television in the 21st century, uh, particularly in the golden era, the second golden era of television. Um, and the other big thing for me was this is an episode where you learn a lot about the central character, Don Draper, um, but you don't need to know too much else because it's, you know, since it's focused on just Don and Peggy, there are only a couple of things you really need to know in the context of their characters for this episode to work, I believe. Yeah, I was, I was, I felt I was able to pretty follow pretty easy. Yeah, so I, I, I think that was the reasons for me. Okay. I thought it was a good one to maybe get you into it. Yeah, I'm interested. I want to watch the show for sure. So, like, how would you rate it? One to ten for <clears throat> just TV? Just for TV. Well, for, for you, TV. Raymond, I, w- I want your rating, like, for an episode of Mad Men. Okay, so this is Jeremy rating this for just, general TV. Just in general, yeah. sitting there on the couch watching TV. Right. Throw something on. Man. Uh, I probably agree with a nine. Okay. I felt it just, it felt like one of those, it was weird. It kind of felt like one of those things where just based off of what you had texted about the characters, mm-hmm. it felt like kind of. It, like almost I had been watching that for a little while. Like it didn't feel completely new. Yeah, like, I was a little worried being dropped into season four. Like it was just gonna, a lot of it would fly over my head. But it was a it was a very easy episode to watch and be hooked into. Yeah, for but there really wasn't because I kind of I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe it would be some kind of crazy plot twist, and that's why you guys picked this episode, or like <laughs> shit was gonna go down. Like I was sitting there. <laughs> But, well, yeah, and, pretty much, yeah, yeah. But you, but you know, I, I don't know. Like, I just didn't know where it was going, and it just seemed like it was going to be a special episode because it was the the pick out of all the, the whole show, right? But I found myself pretty invested in a damn ad for a traveling case. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it is. It's a character drama through and through like there are a couple of i mean there are certainly shocking things that happen like twists i guess but it is not like a breaking bad kind of deal um nobody's gonna get sniped out of nowhere Um, i was waiting for it i guess that's a small spoiler (laughs) i mean there is that one pretty gruesome scene i don't know Uh, there there are some yeah there's some very gruesome scenes a couple I don't know episode? if this came up yet in the show at this point, but you yes. know what I'm talking about. It has happened? Yeah, we're past it at this point in the show. Okay, so, I think we're talking so, about the same thing, right? I'm sure we are. <laughs> so oh, Jeremy will have to, to talk about that. There. Yeah, I gotta... See, this is great. Since This is another thing I'm glad about, um, is if you're going to go back and watch this show, then it also gives us something we can talk about if we don't have another topic for the podcast, like steadily. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, this is definitely another show that you could just come back to. I mean, what we just said is 92 episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> there's definitely plenty of material with there that's there to work with. 
Yep. So, yeah, Ray, what's your 1 to 10 rating for an episode of Mad Men? So, as far as advancing the plot, as a casual fan of Mad Men, I would give it a 7. But as somebody who has now gone back and watched it through a different view going for this podcast and everything, Mm -hmm. uh, I I would definitely give it a 9. For sure. Just because going back and watching it the second time has definitely brought to light a lot more things that I was wondering why Don would have done that mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah. No. As a more analytical view, a nine. Okay. I give it a <clears throat> All right. Well, y'all want to get into the recap? I think we should. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All um, right. Also, before I lose the thought, though. Yeah. I almost lost it there. I think there's something to be said about watching already, and I've only seen, watched it once, but I can tell there's there's something to this episode about watching it from different perspectives. Yes. There's yeah. got to be. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I won't get too much into it, but I did feel that I, like, within the episode, within the time of the episode, I felt like I knew a lot more about what was going on with Peggy than I did Don. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I watched it from Peggy's perspective. Well, there, there are definitely reasons for that. For okay. that yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, I thought, well, I thought maybe if I knew more about Don. And everything that was going on with him, yeah, that I could have viewed it more from like he was the main character, but now I, I kind of yeah, yeah. watched it as, as Peggy. I understand that. Um, that's yeah, that's probably true because, like I say, he is this whole season, um, the fourth season, he's fresh off of a divorce from his second wife, Betty Draper, um. And he's just kind of spiraling into alcoholism. He lives in this super crappy apartment. Um, I think it's in Greenwich Village. Uh, but yeah, he's he's struggling for sure. So it, it, it probably would help. Um, but okay. I would also say, I think it Peggy is the main character of this show in a way. Okay. I mean, Dawn absolutely is, but it's also Peggy's story. Okay, it seems yeah. that way. It, it is very much Peggy's coming of age and just coming of age story, really. Yeah, that that's true. Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I hope we get to talk about it more as you get to watch more of it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it here. Season 4, Episode 7 of Mad Men, The Suitcase. <clears throat> we start out with uh, Harry Crane, who Jeremy doesn't really know, but he's the worst. He's passing out tickets for Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, and uh, Liston. Their rematch title fight. And it's <laughs> you may not notice this on like a first viewing, but it's not 
actual tickets for the fight. It's just tickets for like a movie viewing, theater right? viewing. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, it's like closed circuit television, which is the thing people used to do. It's like pre-evolution of uh, pay-per-view. Yes, and also, I mean, just like sports being widely broadcast in general. Okay, right, yeah. so they rent out the movie theater. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I exactly. think this is what the time frame of this movie is. 19... Show. Yeah, sorry, the show, not the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what year? It's it's the 60s. This This particular... Season is in '64, I believe. Yeah, it definitely takes. It definitely goes. Feels like it goes with the years of the '60s each season. Okay. Yeah, it does, and it it takes you all the way through to 1970. Okay. And like it's it's you know very accurate. As Jeremy will see. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Um. But so Harry's passing out these tickets, and Don Draper walks in. Harry asks him if he wants to join him for drinks and dinner at the Palm. Don says yes, but we come to understand later in the episode he has no intention of going to the Palm with Harry and them. Um, and that's pretty much all that happens there. They kind of throw some money down. Don bets on Liston, um, who, you know, of course loses the fight ultimately. And it's it's interesting because in an earlier season, uh, Don also talks about how he likes Richard Nixon, and Nixon loses that particular general election. So it's just kind of a continuing theme of Don picking the losing horse. Okay. <laughs> but so then we go to that uh, – oh, sorry. Did somebody have something? Uh, so – I was also just going to throw in just like, again, their call just to being accurate air. I don't know, just a sign of a good TV show of like just being able to throw in like open racism and just like, mm-hmm. and then not be like as like, yes, it's jarring, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel like, they're just doing it for the shock value, you know? It's yeah. kind of like, but there it's is accurate. that shock there. Yeah, it's yeah, very right, accurate. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's shocking to us and our modern sensibilities, but I mean, that's just how it was as well. Yeah, uh, but like the way they do it is very, it's always, it's, it's hard to say it's nice to see racism. Actually, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes, that but, is hard to say. But in the sense of artistic, if you have to do it, it's better yeah. to do it minimally and like that as possible. Yeah, right. well, I mean, I, I think as a viewer, if you can look at it and say, it, we're not supposed to be viewing these characters as doing the right thing. It is supposed exactly. to be disgusting to us. But that's yeah, you know that. that that's a sign of how far we've progressed, which is a big thing of Mad Men uh, throughout the show, both showing how far we've progressed, but also how much things have stayed the same in a lot of ways. Yep. <clears throat> so something to look for there. But then we go to the the pitch meeting for Samsonite, which is the 
travel luggage. Samson, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I want to interject real here quick with yeah. this. Uh, I was at work the other day. I forget what I was doing. I was doing something in the microwave, probably, or getting some cream for my coffee. Probably on my first or second trip. Who knows? I like my coffee in the morning, getting yeah. through my long days as a, an employee of the system. That's right. <laughs> but no, love my job. But I looked down at one of the folding tables, like the ones that the Bills fans jump through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pro wrestling cage match type thing. Yeah. So Samsonite on it. Huh. Just, just, just a little fun interjection, but continue. Interesting. I wonder if it's the same company. It has to be, right? I mean, I don't imagine. I would assume there's it. a, I would assume there's a bigger market for foldable picnic tables. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the the meeting, it's Don, Peggy, Danny is the shorter guy. Um. Stan, of course, is the the bigger dude and then Joe yeah Joey's the other guy um not that you really need to know Joey and Danny but anyway so their pitch for this is like kind of a football commercial with Joe Namath uh endorsing the product and Don is not a fan of it he says endorsements are lazy um so what? Which I agree with. Yeah, I agree as well. You, you can't ride the is. star power. That's Unless right. You, you can't just make a crappy commercial but have a superstar in there. Yeah, especially yeah, but, but if you I, are the advertising firm. Exactly. Right. Now, but if it's something like over the top, wacky, you get and you have somebody in there. Yeah, I agree. it's fine in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you get the John Travolta, the the Super Bowl commercial, like. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about that one, but to me, that is awful. Yes, <laughs> yeah, terrible. It's hard Generally, to do well. So all Giamatti yeah. and Verizon commercials. Yeah, bad. And yeah. plus, he doesn't have the hair either. Now it's just like, yeah, we want to be brought back to like the old. Like if we want to, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a reference now. Greece. Now it's like, oh, now we have like geriatric John Travolta. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a little scary. <laughs> So uh, they um, throws everybody else out of his office except Peggy and basically tells her this, you know, we got to do better. Peggy leaves and she goes to her office and sees that she got a gift from Herman Duck Phillips, the former, the former head of accounts at Sterling Cooper. Um, she calls him and opens her gift. It's a business card saying Peggy Olson at Phillips Olson like yada yada agency. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm so, with you. I'm with you. This is the whole thing, right? Like, at first, Peggy is genuinely excited about this. Um, like, she has this kind of look of awe on her face, and she thinks it's a real thing. But then as Duck continues to talk and slur his words... And, you know, he doesn't have any leads on accounts. Um, doesn't it's like have it's an just office. a name on a paper. Yeah, he's calling from a hotel. And, yeah, he's super drunk. So, <laughs> we see this guy. He's a bum. You know, yes. I see. He's a fucking bum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so Peggy gets off the phone with him. And he spills his drink. So, he's a... Uh... 
what the youth say down bad. I mm. believe is how you use it. Yeah, he seems <laughs> like He's you said desperate. desperate. Yeah, for sure. He wants some of that sweet Peggy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, but so at the same time, she's getting off that call. Don comes up to his secretary, Miss Ida Blankenship, who will come up later in this discussion. She uh, she tells him he got a call from Stephanie, no last name in California. Which okay, so we we need to talk about this a little bit for Jeremy. Yes. Um, did you get? Well, hold on, hold on, real quick. Yeah. Was this the? Just so I can. I haven't seen the show in probably two years. Uh, I'm going to try to say this as uh, vaguely as possible for mm-hmm. Jeremy's sake. Is this the first time we know of this side of John? Of John? Don's Don. I, was, no. I actually was going to ask the same thing. No, no, no. Not at all. Um, we meet Anna before this, um, which... So we we got we got to talk about the whole situation before we get into it. I guess. Um, did you get what was going on with this whole call situation, Jeremy? Uh, I had no clue. I you know, but I think it was best mm-hmm. that I didn't because okay. it was almost like I kind of felt I understood enough, mm-hmm. but I kept kind of ignoring it. Okay. Which I think is perfect, though. Because that's what he was doing. <laughs> that's what's going on. Yeah. But my initial thought was something to do with, but I also had, I think, kind of forgotten that you had told me he had, was already divorced. But I thought it had something to do with maybe, you know, divorce papers need to be signed, or he's just avoiding a call about post-divorce things. I, I didn't know what it meant. I knew he was avoiding the call. That seemed obvious. So I knew it was something bad. Yes. <clears throat> But no, so, I, I had not caught on to the weight of it. Okay. And by the end of the episode, you get that someone died. Someone died. You don't, very you close don't know to who John. that is, Done. though, right? No. Okay. So we'll... I mean, I this is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but we need to talk about it, I think, to really yeah, please, analyze right, right. the episode. You can so Stephanie is the person who calls, and Stephanie um, is the niece of this other character, Anna, which you know that translucent ghost figure in the end of the episode. Right. That's Anna. Um, I told you that he had been divorced, that he just got divorced from his second marriage. His first marriage was a technicality, right? Yep. Okay, so without going into anything more about the technicality behind it, Anna Draper was his first wife, and that's the one who dies. Okay. Um, Their relationship was not romantic. It was purely friendly. Um, But as he says at the end of the episode, he feels like she's the only person in the world who really knew him. Um, And so that's, that's who he's avoiding the call from, Stephanie the niece because uh, he knows Anna ha- is sick right? Um, at this point in the show and so he knows it's coming and so that's why he's avoiding the call throughout the yeah. episode <clears throat> so I, you know I think we just need to talk yep. about that yeah, I, I, did, I was curious about that 
So then we get, oh man, and we got to talk about him. Roger Sterling enters um, the most entertaining character in Mad Men. Uh, was, he, was he the gray hair? Was he uh, Howard yes. Stark? Yes, okay. yes. Shock of okay. silver hair, Howard yes. Stark. Yes. Um, he, um, <laughs> I was going to mention him, actually. He, he, he's one of the reasons I want to keep coming back. Yes, and that's a good reason to pick because he is consistently one of the best things about the show throughout it. Definitely um, plays the heel character very well. Yeah, he's always a, se- a source of comedic relief. Um, and in this episode especially. This scene, he comes in and he's trying to finalize plans with Dawn for watching this fight. Um, Dawn, he reveals that he's sending the kids to the Palm. He took care of that earlier when he said he was going with them. He's really just making sure they went somewhere else and he's going somewhere. Um, But then Roger tells him that Freddie Rumpson, who used to work at the firm, he's a guy who he went off the rails a little bit as an alcoholic. He's sobered up and now refuses, you know, booze and to be in settings where it's consumed. Um, so Roger says he's coming and also one of his alcoholics, anonymous friends, I guess. So they're not going to be able to drink. And this instantly, um, like watching this in the past, I never realized Don was planning to go with Roger up until the moment he realizes that they're not going to be able to drink. Okay. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, on second thought, I'm just not, not. Yeah, that. yeah, because he says, I sent the kids to the Palm. I took care of that. Oh, that's and, right, that's right, that's right, okay. And then Roger tells him Freddie is coming with his other guy who can't drink. <laughs> right. And Don's like, eh, I'd probably be better off here working. He would because Don work actually, party. Don brings it up, right? Don is the one that says, like, hey. Where are we going? Because we can go yeah. anywhere else besides the palm. So okay, yeah. I didn't really catch that, but you're right. So. Yeah. And the whole thing is, of course, that he's trying to distract himself <laughs> from this call. Yep. And distracting himself for Don Draper almost always includes drinking and work, which it does in this situation, too. Um, so, yeah. So that, yeah, there's a drinking happening at this point, right? Yes. Like oh, so boy. I think it's, it's important to talk about. So, and you know, I think it's it's like you talked about earlier. One of those things where I, I still kind of imagine offices like this, even you know, maybe law firms as well, going into uh, head honcho's office, and there's some scotch or some kind of whiskey, yeah, available with a glass. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I mean, maybe that's something that's just in movies and TV shows, but that's a thing, right? Certainly at the time. Um, okay. And I think now in the very the very tip top. Right. Okay. Of the executive world. Not probably. as casual. Yeah, but probably like, not. Yeah. Not like this office. Um, the and, they, and uh, the smoking cigarettes. About oh, like yeah. smoking cigarettes. Yeah. The smoking cigarettes was common everywhere though. Oh yeah. yeah. Which at the time. Which is when you see it though, it's kinda like you mentioned about the like the racist comment. Mm-hmm. When you see it, it's just such a – it's just part of the setting. It's yeah. Not even, it's it's always cool to me. Like, it's just – I don't know if I would have loved to be there. <laughs> but I definitely love it in, like, film. Yeah. And, and it this is whole going. time period is very, like, enticing in the sense it's, of – to me, yes. it's just, like – Magnetic. Yeah, it's just, like, void of 
like being always connected or always online. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, but so the next scene is Peggy in the bathroom, and first we get her oh, interacting sorry. with Megan, Megan Calvay, who later on will become a more significant character in Mad Men, uh, Jeremy. But for now, she's just a secretary, and she's pretty. She's pretty impressed by Peggy. She's like, "Wow, you're 26. You're doing pretty good." Yep, that's right. Um. But then Peggy walks out, or it, Megan walks out, and Trudy comes into the scene, which uh, we should explain who Trudy is. You see she gets with that other character um, when she comes out of the bathroom. That's Pete Campbell. Yep. Um, Trudy is Pete's wife. Uh, and you know Allison Brie, of course, that actress. Yes. Who is fantastic and community and many other yep. things. Um, but yeah, the most important thing is here that she is Pete's wife because we talk about later, we'll talk about it more later, Peggy giving up her baby, right? Right, okay. Um, yeah, so the the baby is Pete's baby that she gives away. Oh, okay. That is, that is married to Trudy. And I at this point in the show, I don't think Pete knows it. Trudy affair, um, like a one or two time thing in the first but, season. Okay, but okay, okay, okay. So it was before he was, he was married. Um, the first time he was engaged, not married. The second time, oh, definitely okay. married. Okay. And I think the second time was the conception. The baby. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so, anyways, Trudy is like, oh man, she's such a force of nature. Um, she's getting snippy, you know, and converse to Megan like thinking Peggy's pretty impressive for her career Trudy tells her 26 is still very young um, because she doesn't she's not married and doesn't have any children as far as Trudy knows because that's what Trudy sees is like you know the goals of life yes but it's not for Peggy and that comes up (laughs) more in this episode uh, another, oh man, one of my favorite quotes was when they're talking about Trudy going and watching the fight. She says, oh yes, my father loves blood sport. <laughs> <laughs> Just hilarious. She's pregnant and everything. Yep. My father loves blood sport. <laughs> um, but so everybody's like leaving for the day. Megan slips her head back in there and it's like, Don wants to see you. And I have in my notes here, Peggy falls into Don's trap because that's exactly what happens. She goes in his office, everybody else skedaddles out, and he wants to see new work for Samsonite that Peggy was planning on not having done until Monday. Okay, right. Uh, There's a lot to say. (laughs) I have so much about this. Yeah. Uh, This is the point in the episode for me. Well, obviously it starts getting a little more chaotic. Mm-hmm. the tension like we get the whole i don't know if we might not have got there yet where she gets where she gets her first call so i won't Mm-mm. i won't exactly get there but i gotta ask so don yeah. is he the type of guy who i should have known like when she was going into this um and when he was like i want to see some things i was like oh what a jerk yeah. like if i was on my way out he wanted to like oh i just the but, suspense you know, is killing me Yes, and I was like, "Come on, that's that's not the right thing to do." 
But should I have known that it was going to be more than that with his character? Because to me still, she didn't feel like you said trapped. It didn't feel like that yet. She, it felt like she just needed to show him some stuff and get out of there. Mm -hmm. I I have a lot to, I'm wondering a lot about what y'all think. If like how much of what happens next because of this was really Peggy's choice. Raymond? And what she wanted to happen. But well, we can wait until it starts getting a little more chaotic if you want. We get into it now. I mean, I, I just got. I'll say, hold on to that question. Okay. And, and we can, yeah. Okay. Let's dive a little bit more into this specific scene. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it is related, I guess, to this specific scene because. I guess the question is, does Peggy have a choice here? Right. You know, um, and I I think, I don't want to get into it too much, but with the average boss, you shouldn't expect it to become all that it does. But with Don, in this specific situation that we've seen him in, we know that he's trying to avoid this phone call um, I think it is supposed to be obvious to us, the viewer, that okay. the, what Peggy's in for. Okay. Maybe not the whole night, but certainly that, right. that, that's it's not going to be a couple of minutes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was thinking, I was thinking in terms of like actual time, maybe an hour or less. Yeah, yeah. At I least as, so. as I wasn't thinking of it in the time, but as far as the weight I felt of that whole thing starting, mm-hmm. I did not think this is where we're ending the episode. Yeah. Like just where they were. I right. did not think that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Well, well that's just the that's in theme of the I would I say like seventy five percent of the episode of the season of mm. the of the show happens at the office. At the office. Yeah. Okay. Probably so. Um, but so Peggy goes back into her office, gets what they've done so far, and makes the at this point she makes the conscious decision. She starts to take her coat off, but it's like no, f it, puts her coat back on. Yep. Um, goes into she, Don's. She's office. like, I'm gonna nail this, get out of here real quick. Yeah, for sure. She's yep. she's not relenting at this point. Yep. Um, and she presents a few more ideas, I think. The elephant stepping on the suitcase, dropping it off the Eiffel Tower, which the, would be legal um, for them to do that, Dylan says. And then my favorite, we have a thing with Samson because he's strong and, you know, <laughs> hair and stuff. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at this point, they start to get into it a little boy, a little bit. This isn't like the big knockdown drag out yet, but they start to start to get into it. There's chipping uh, away of the walls. Yeah, Peggy's like, uh, man, what exactly did she say? Something along the lines of, you'll just change it anyways. Yeah. And Don says, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing is Mark calling Peggy. Um, he's at the restaurant. We learn at this point, Peggy doesn't know yet, but we learn he's at the restaurant, this pretty nice restaurant, with her whole family, her mom, her sister, and brother-in-law, and their roommate, um, waiting on her for her birthday. 
And she tells him 15 minutes. It's going to be 15 extra minutes. Yep. Um, this is where this is where we get interesting yes yeah this is where it really starts getting into it um and peggy and dawn start doing some just terrible brainstorming um and then dawn just like starts riffing about cassius clay and how he doesn't like him i mean yeah because like he says they're sitting at the dining like at a diner and you just see dawn just like having these that so raven flashbacks Mm. looks on his face and he's just like <laughs> spewing off like you have the lightweight the heavyweight and for every class you need you know like boxing yeah. right right <laughs> but, but like, how do you do that on TV <laughs> um, and so then Roger calls literally begging Don to come out and meet him He's sneaking off from Freddie Rumpson and his <laughs> uh, wagon friend to a bar and to a payphone to call Dawn. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says, uh, he's just talking, Roger's talking about how self-righteous these guys are. And he says, this man Rutledge killed a man with a motorboat. You know how you get over that? Drinking. <laughs> that sounds like a real Buster Murdoch. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Some real South Carolina gossip fuel there. Ooh, yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, those are the two things we're put on the map for gossip and beaches, though. That's right. Yeah, the Murtaugh family. That's right. Ne- never forget that Edgefield County produces more peaches than the entire state of Georgia. <laughs> He's calling, begging Don to come out. And after Don basically tells him no, and then we get Peggy getting a call again from Mark, her boyfriend. Um, and he spills the beans on the big surprise of her whole Got family. All right, can we? Yeah. Can we? Can we sit in as Mark for a minute? And how yes. would you have you acted? Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but before no, you no, that scene, no, that's that scene. no. This is what we're here for. Um, I mean, oh, first of all, how serious is like? Should I? Should I like? I knew that I had to take a different depending on how serious this guy seemed. Like her, like, is he a good yeah. guy? Are they have they been together? Um, What's the deal? They've been dating for a little bit on the show, but he's kind of portrayed as a joke. Generally, yeah, okay. definitely, it's just kind of like a fling type deal. Yeah, he's like a putsy character. Okay, gotcha. That's how it seems. Um, I think you know, of course, in his specific situation, yeah, you got to spill the beans there. Um, you got to tell her what the deal is. But the bigger question here is, I think, about him not under like not knowing Peggy. Because she makes it pretty obvious right. that that's not what she would want to do on her birthday is right. be with her family and roommate. She'd rather just go to dinner with them over candlelight. Um, mm-hmm. So he's doing that more for himself to get in good with her family. Uh, and I think that says a lot. But yeah, at this point, of course, good he's, he's got to spill the surprise. That's good to know. Okay. Um, so he he shouldn't know. He sh- he shouldn't really be that upset. 
Well, uh, well, <coughs> she's not there. If it was over candlelight, she's she's still not there. I don't think so. No, I, I yeah, I think you're right about that. I'd never thought about it, but yes, I think okay. she still stays and does the work. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. Which so yeah, I, I would have been I would have been pretty pissed at this point. I'll be honest. Oh, of course. Um, okay. It's so. She she calls him right back after getting off the phone. Um, and they break up. <laughs> like, uh, he says, "Should I have invited Don? You never stand him up, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Like right in front of her forth. family and everything. Yeah. He goes out yeah. strong. Yeah, and her mom chides her. Yeah. Well, that may have been the second phone call. But anyway, so that happens. They, uh, he basically says it's been nice knowing you and hangs up the phone. And uh, she goes back into Dawn's office at this point. Um, and this is where the gloves come off. Yep. They get into a true fight. Um and the main thing driving this for Peggy, I guess, is her idea for Glow Coat, which was a floor polish, a client of Sterling Cooper Draper Price that they made an ad for. Um, and Jeremy, did you hear him like referencing Cleo's? Yes. Okay, so the Cleo is like the award in advertising. You know, the Oscars okay. for movies, the Cleo's yep. for advertising. Gotcha. Um, and they still exist today, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, Don won a Cleo for that ad, and Peggy feels like she didn't get her due credit. They get into it. Um, Don doesn't don't have credits. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Don doesn't <laughs> understand why Peggy is begging for respect at this point of her career. And she says, you never say thank you. And then we get maybe the most iconic line in the show. Yeah. That's what the money is for. Yep. Uh, Pretty good line. Yes. Yeah, very good. Um, But boy, Dawn in this scene is nearly unbearable. Yeah. He he always plays that just like. You always have, nothing's ever good. Always have okay. to prove it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is typical, like, because I, knowing what you know at the end, and especially if the very first time these secretaries, like, you have a phone call, if you know, he knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, has he, did he, does he start to grieve right then at that part in the episode? I think he's going through the stages of grief right. in the episode. Yeah. It, it's already, like, he, when she said someone, so and so has called. Yeah, where California? Where was it? Yeah, yeah, California. He knows. That to him was okay. Anna is has passed away. That yes. was him hearing that. It seems. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So even th- even this little bout was a was a little erratic for his nature, or uh... pretty on character for some of the things he would say and, and just more put together. Okay. Yeah, I mean, stuff he would say, certainly, but it came from a more emotional place. Exactly. It wasn't It wasn't as analytical and, like, purposeful. Yeah, yeah Don can break you down, that's for sure. 
But yeah. he can also break you down and, and like get you to do your job perfectly in a way. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And he's kind of a genius. Like so um but he does break Peggy down and she goes to the bathroom and starts crying. Um and Don he's uh he needs some dick he needs some new tape for his dictaphone. You know, uh, that's what they're called, those, I believe. Yeah. Dictaphone. You speak into it, record it. Yeah, um, the dick joke every now and again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to squeeze one in there. It's like Dave and Dan from Game of Thrones. They love those. Um, but so he stumbles onto Sterling's Gold, which is Roger Sterling's, uh, I guess, upcoming autobiography memoir that he is working on and in it it contains the information that uh bert cooper who is not in this episode so jeremy you wouldn't know him but he is the the cooper in sterling cooper draper price uh the oldest person on the show um kind of like the head of this firm uh very rarely involved in like the day-to-day operations but anyway so we He's kind of plays your budget wise sage character. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Um, but so we learn he got his uh, testicles taken off, awesome. and what is described as an unnecessary orchiectomy, <laughs> which I had never heard of. Uh, but this reference to a doctor Lyle Evans who did it actually resolves. Um, uh, plot hole, what was perceived as like a plot hole or misanachronism from an earlier episode. Um, so you'll get back to that maybe. Okay. Um, Dr. Lyle Evans did that. And we also learned that Ida Blankenship, who is currently Don Draper's elderly secretary, was quite a bit of a hellcat back in the days. <laughs> the queen of perversions. Um, and Roger in this tape, he, oh my goodness, he goes, uh, that was in 1948, no, 32, no, 39. Um, so this kind of like, uh, Don gets Peggy to come in there and listen to it. And this kind of breaks the tension in the episode. Uh, this is a big point. Because it allows them to actually talk instead of yell at each other again. Um, And that starts with Peggy saying that they don't have personal conversations. uh, But then they immediately have one after that. (laughs) Um, And she talks about Mark not understanding her. You know, why, why would he invite her family to that dinner? Um, and how it just shows, you know, that he didn't know Peggy really. And well, she also, also, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, I feel like this is like one of the few. I feel like this is all right for Jeremy to you know. This is one of the few relationships Don has with a woman that's not that's, that's strictly platonic. Yes, it was like it, it definitely. You feel like there's definitely like a big brother, almost father figure type feel for her almost okay that's the vibe i was getting interesting well i I was gonna say we at the end of the episode we gotta talk 
about how Jeremy perceives their relationship. Uh, but I want to I want to save it because mm. it's it's going to be a deeper discussion. But I, I'm glad you brought it up because I might have forgotten about it. Um, so Dylan asks Peggy to dinner, and they go to this like I guess a 24 hour Greek diner with a painting of the Parthenon above them. Um, and they share, you know, more personal information, both of them talking about how their fathers died for Peggy. Her dad died, um, I believe of a heart attack right in front of her on the couch. And that's why she hates sports. (laughs) It's very like, okay. they, They relate somehow. Yes. He must have been um, watching the football game or something. Yes, football was on the TV. Um, Don's father was kicked by a horse, and that's how he died. Now, uh, I understand a horse. I understand the phobia of hate of horses more than sports, you know? Yes. Yeah. H- horses are big. Kind of smell yeah. a little bit too much mm-hmm. to say anything. But... Uh, yeah, I don't want to get kicked by a horse. <laughs> No, I have no desire to be kicked by a horse. Absolutely. Um, so there's a roach in the Parthenon painting, um, and they go to a bar and listen to the fight. Uh, Ollie, of course, wins in the first round. Don loses $100 because he bet on Liston. Um, and I, you know, the fight really isn't that important to the episode ultimately, right? No. It doesn't seem as really important. You kind of forget about it. Yeah, by the end, um, Mr. Don loses $100 there. And Don doesn't seem to make it a point to watch or or listen to the fight. Yes, yeah. Uh, What were you saying, Raymond? But I feel like that's just another way the show adds in another way, like a period piece, to keep the atmosphere of the show in check. You know what I mean? Yes, time stamp it, absolutely. You are yeah, right. I, it's one of the few shows that I feel like does it without forcing anything. Doesn't make it like a big deal. Just kind of mm-hmm. like this is going on. Uses a yeah. Set it doesn't like some shows. You know, they, the fight would be a big set piece, and they would be going to the fight. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But literally here, it's just background noise almost for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like while it's a part of the like what happened. But it's not the focal point. No. Yeah, at all. Um, so Peggy starts kind of fishing for a compliment here, I think. Um, when she's talking about people think that she was given her job as a copywriter because she slept with Don, which isn't true. Uh, but she says, because it's so crazy of an idea. Um, mm-hmm. And I like I say, I think she's kind of fishing for a compliment there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Come she on, also give me something, please. Yeah, and uh, Don does tell her she's attractive, but he's got to have rules about work, which generally is true. But Peggy also brings up this. It's a recent storyline on the show. Uh, Don like drunkenly slept with one of his uh, previous secretaries. Um, and it was kind of just a terrible, awful situation. Okay. Um, and so that's what she's talking about, not as much as some of your other secretaries, I guess. 
And Don says, are you really going to judge me? Uh, people do things, is what he says. Like, what, hmm. what does that mean? Well, that is clearly a part of Don's philosophy. People do things. <laughs> just like, you know, I could take responsibility for this, but I just like using, like, you know, it's not, it's not I'm saying I made a mistake. It's just, yeah, I did that. I'm just not going to say sorry for it. Yeah. He's moving on. Um, and this relates back to uh, Peggy. Um, she talks about knowing who fathered her child. Uh, Don doesn't ask who. He just asks if she knows who. And she says, of course. Um, and she talks about how she thinks about the child sometimes at playgrounds. Which I think is, you know, of course, really sad. <laughs> yeah, there's... Yeah, you got to bring that emotion into play here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they get back to the office, and Don, he says the elevator is like a rocket. Um, starts going <laughs> up in the bathroom. Uh, and, oh, man, it turns into a horror movie all of a sudden because Duck is in the office. Uh, and, and, like, is it, and is he, like, going to fart in the chair? or like? He, no, he is trying to shit in the chair. That's right. That's what I was – that's what I thought. Yeah, he thinks it's Don's office, but it's actually Rogers. <laughs> it clearly um, says it on the on the door. It says Roger Sterling. Yeah, and uh, then Don sees Duck in there, tells him he shouldn't be there. Um, and they Duck essentially insults Peggy, calls her a whore, and Don throws the most drunken, misguided punch I've ever seen. Oh, it's awful. Uh, just he he couldn't have hit a tree standing right in front of his face with that punch. Um, uh, but so Duck gets the upper hand because I guess he's slightly less inebriated and says, uh, "You know, I killed seventeen men in Al- at Okinawa." It's like uh, it's like all right, okay, uncle, all right, buddy, okay. It's like, well, it's like uh, the drunk war uncles get together at the family course. reunion. Yeah, okay, all right, Territory. we get you. Um, so Peggy gets rid of Duck and I have in my notes here Don looks awful he did he's got the throw up on his shirt at this point Um, all sweaty hair's a mess red faced and Peggy asks the really poignant question how long are you going to go on like this uh and Don mentions that he's been avoiding making a call and asks Peggy to make him a drink. Uh, yeah. And Peggy makes the drink, but he never does take a sip. He falls asleep in Peggy's lap. I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. So he, he never, she brings it over. He puts his head in her lap and falls asleep. And Peggy takes a couple sips of the drink. Um, and they both fall asleep. And Don wakes up. And finally, you know, he sees that uh, it, well, in the night, I guess, first, he sees the ghost of Anna with her Samsonite suitcase. (laughs) Yeah. um, She and, uh, you know, I guess that's just confirmation of what Dawn's already known, that she's dead. Uh, And he wakes up and finally calls Stephanie and she tells him. You know that she's dead. Uh, so 
y'all have anything to say here at this point of the episode. Um, Pretty much just uh, acting must be a very hard thing to do. Yeah. But John Hamm does a good job here. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's just, he wants to help, right? But there's nothing he can do to help at this point. He's like, I'll come out, make arrangements. She says, no, she left her body to science. Uh, Yeah. Like, 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 well, it really shows John. I, mean, I don't know why you are calling him John. But John, well, that's like, his name. Yeah, that he just can't fix or think of a way to fix everything, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, there's nothing he can do here. Um, and boy, he he ugly cries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just lets loose finally after this whole episode, everything building up. It just all comes out of him. Uh, and it's really sold. Uh, like I said, the acting by John Hamm here is fantastic. Him and uh, Elizabeth Moss, Peggy, both submitted this for their Emmy roles um, this year, and I think it's you know pretty obvious why. Yeah, um, strong acting. Like it's yeah. it, I don't know. It's again why everybody gives it such high ratings. In television, like just as in television viewing alone, you take that away from what it has on the impact of the show, but just as a viewing audience, you know. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, but so he he tells Peggy, you know, the only person in the world who really knew me died, and she tells him that's not true, um, and it's it's kind of not true because Peggy does know him, but not entirely uh but with you know we'll save that that's a that's a discussion for another day um so she finally like she goes to leave and is like no i'm going to sleep on the couch you're you're gross yeah stan and everybody else wakes her up with like a whistle in her face um she goes into don's office and he looks like he left at five o'clock yesterday Yep. And went to bed at 9 o'clock yesterday and woke up at 4 a.m. today to get ready for work. He yep. looks fresh as can be, um, shaved, new shirt, hair's done right, tie is all straight. And this is, <laughs> I mean, this is Don in a nutshell. He'll do this thing, you know, go off on this crazy bender. Uh, just like lose it. We just saw him ugly crying literally probably four or five hours ago, and he's you know unruffled sitting yep. in his he, desk. He's, he's donned his mask that he has, yeah, right back in character. Um, and he shows her his idea for the ad, which is okay, you know, it's the it's the Ollie Liston photo of Ollie standing over Liston, which is an iconic photo. And he wants to do it with like a Samsonite suitcase standing over a traveler brand suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not Don's best work by any means. Right. Any means I'll say um, wouldn't be a top five ad, but, and Peggy does give him a little pushback on it initially, but eventually he's like, yeah, it's good. And Don holds her hand. And that's the end of the episode. We get Bleecker Street by Simon and Gar- Garfunkel in the credits roll. So, so I was just going to say it. Like, 
they're and you, I don't I don't want you to give it away with this one, mm-hmm. but they're gonna end up together, Peggy and Don. That that seemed obvious to me. If you I know anything, they're, you said they're well, gonna have to get together. They're gonna end up together, or it'll be like a a Nick and Jess situation where like it does get really serious, but. Mm-hmm. In the end, maybe it doesn't work out. I know it does in New Girl, but there's there's a while where like it gets really serious, but then like they actually actually break up for real. Okay. So I could see that happening, and then them actually not getting back together with a happy ending. But I just feel like at this point it's definitely aiming towards like, and not like a fling either, like soulmate type. At least okay, she's, so the- she she chose. And this is what got to me the whole episode. She like. Because it was spiraling for her just as much as it was for Don in its mm-hmm. own way with Mark. And then Duck shows up. She's got these mm-hmm. guys showing up just desperate and pissed off at her mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons and wanting her. And she could have done the same thing with Don. She could have just blew him off and went home. Mm-hmm. I mean, she blew the other two guys off, but she blew them both off for Don. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like she wants it bad, man. Okay. Man, well. She wants a little bit of the hand bone. She wants the <laughs> hand bone. She wants the boar's head. Boy, and there is, I mean, who is, I don't know if there's a more a more handsome man in television than John Hamm as Don Draper when he's not, you know, obliterated. Right. Just right. vomiting in the toilet. Otherwise. Ooh, that was a. That was a that's five right. o'clock shadow. Yeah, guys yep. got it together uh, until he doesn't. Uh, but, but boy, he, yeah. He, when he plays that, when he plays him having it together, he portrays oh. it well, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. It it's great. Um, and there is probably like five, ten times, I would say, on the show. And this is one of the few times in the show where you really see him lose it. Uh, so I'm glad Jeremy got to see that. But as far as the. Peggy Dawn dynamic goes, I, man, I feel like we really got to be, we, we got to save a lot of this yeah, for we you. Do. We do. Because there's, oh man, I, I don't want to give anything away in regards to it, but I would say um, the first time I watched this, I, I, it was always on edge, right? Is is their relationship going to become romantic? Is it yep. a father-daughter relationship, brother-sister? Um, is it something else? Is it, you know, it is clearly emotional, you know? Um, it's definitely, that's like a big driving point of the show is what is, what are they? What is, what is yeah. their status? Yep. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, but man, yeah, we gotta. Jeremy's gotta watch more of it. We gotta talk about it more. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. Do we have any final thoughts on the Mad Men episode? Uh, did did, uh, did anyone have a a pitch for Samsonite? Oh yes, I did think about this. Uh, y- y'all go ahead, uh, for- Jeremy. You want me to lead off? Yeah, because mine is real shitty, so let's get it out of the way. <laughs> I um, I 100% am going endorsement here in a way because okay. I'm lazy, but oh, I think nice. it's cool. And I also went with uh, a little recency bias here. <laughs> so 
There's only one way this commercial would work. It would have to be paired. It's this commercial doubles as a advertisement for a like you know how there's like a Nike commercial, but it also advertises for the new Thor movie coming out. Mm-hmm. It's that type of commercial. Okay. So this uh, this is for the, a cross collab with the Flash. <laughs> Scene opens. You got just your classic, uh, pretty cliche here. Um, somebody laying in bed with an alarm clock. Looks like they're sprawled out. Looks like it's obviously a little bit later in the day, maybe than they anticipated, because it's the sh- the sun's up in the in the window. You know, it's bright, and it's Barry Allen, right? <laughs> right. So he wakes up, sees the alarm clock, and is like, "Oh shit, I gotta go." Enter. I don't know if you've seen the Flash or like the show or anything or Quicksilver, but enter the the style where you are seeing from his speed, and you can tell like everything's pretty much frozen. And he grabs the Samsonite luggage, throws all of his stuff in there, and runs. Like literally, I don't know, to another country, to another state. So he just has like this rolling suitcase, like. So here's the thing. Like hypersonic. Right. He's holding it. He's just holding it like a suitcase. And because in the movie, it just looks like he's running at normal speed. Everything else is frozen. So you get him with a suitcase, right? On the way to his destination, there's this lady getting mugged or enter any crime at all happening that you want. What else is he going to do besides bop the bad guys with the suitcase real quick? A little, oh, little, a little bing bang, bing bang boom. And then he's to his going destination. Going at the speed of sound. Going at the speed of sound. Just a little love taps, though. He knows how to control it. Yeah. I mean, we could go We could go darker and, and make it the boys. And, you know, mm. he shows up to his destination, suitcase in hand. All of his stuff's in there because you got, it's spacious. It's a damn Samsonite. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> it's damn Sam tonight. Yes. There you go. Maybe he That's says the Justice line. League coming out of there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Raymond? Uh, That's so pretty good. I was torn. I have two. Now, I have not thought out. Like Jeremy nailed his pitch. He has it all thought out. Uh, choreography, storyboard, mm-hmm. shots yeah. and everything. Yeah. I'm not going to be as... Not Don't going to let him go home. <laughs> yeah, I'll yep. have to stay. I'll, I'll be having to go take care of Don while he's puking <laughs> in the toilet until I come up with that shit. But I was either thinking, you know, it like, it's like a quick... It'll be like a little advertisement in the newspaper, you know. It just has uh, Samsonite up against the ropes against mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali okay. saying... No, no matter how hard the pressure, Samsonite will never crack. Ooh. Ah, okay. You or a, a little modern time is you have a little slow-mo of a Bill's Mafia fan jumping off a, <laughs> jumping off a ladder on I was the, wondering uh, if this is going to come up again. Onto a Samsonite table. But it would break. <laughs> but no, it no, was not. No. It's the, it's the luggage. Oh, it's oh, a luggage. Okay. It would bounce right on off. Oh, okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. Because no matter how hard your loyalty, <laughs> Samsonite will never crack. Nice. 
So you you would go with like the Geico Mayhem commercials. Like you gotta, yeah. You already got to pick yeah. for like two or three in a series. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm ready for Same it. Tonight doing different stuff. Thanks. I have two. I have mine, and then I have Brandis, which I think was better than mine actually. <laughs> um, mine was just like a series of shots of Samsonite luggage in uh, tropical destinations on the beach. You know, laying out in some clear water in the Gulf Coast, uh, you know, on the Eiffel Tower, in front of the Leaning Tower of Pizza, um, and then just... Iconic landscapes, you know. Yes, exactly. And then just well-traveled luggage for the well-traveled man. Um, Because Don is exclusively trying to pitch it to men, because he says women don't buy suitcases, which uh, it is not true. (laughs) I mean, like, how how else would... Are they still taking, like, giant, like, travel chests or something well that's what my question is i guess but so anyways brandy's which i think is better is a series of quick cuts of luggage you know getting like in the process of going onto a plane for a flight luggage getting beat around tossed thrown intercut with like nervous people boarding their flight looking back at their luggage um on the flight while it's like jolting and stuff they're looking back and we see it bouncing around in the cargo hold. Um, and then they get off the flight, and there's all this dingy-looking, terrible luggage. And then there's just a Samsonite. Looks perfect. And it's just, never worry with Samsonite. Ooh. I like it nice and simple, you know, yeah. quick. Yeah. So I like that The advertisement space wouldn't be very high, so you would save money. Oh yeah, drive the plane home. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that's all we got for Mad Men, right? Yeah, I feel so, like we did a pretty good, yeah, pretty good rundown of this, Jeremy. Minutes. Yeah, Jeremy, and, how do you uh, feel? Do you feel like it'd be another watch for you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do actually want to watch most of it now. I think I'm going to start from the beginning. Well, obviously, if I do start, I'm going to start from the beginning. Yeah. Now, well, I, now, I will say it's a marathon of a watch. Okay. Yeah. For sure. It's long, but you'll you'll want to watch it. And like now, because it definitely used that um voodoo login stuff, because it's it's ad free, the nice. whole series that I bought, which will save a lot of time in the watching. Nice. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You don't have um, ads and all that. Yeah. But so did we want to do like ten minutes on your little palate cleanser there, Raymond? Uh, sure, yeah. This is like, let's see. Just we really want to go, yeah, a little wrap up. Kind of want to go over, uh, kind of like how like, we want to structure the show as far as uh, topics for each week, potentially, like what, how we want to go forward with the theming of the show and what we want to even name the show itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the other day, me and Eric were talking at work and just, going over a few things and we came up with the idea of where we're a little bit of a variety pod you know talk about whatever's hot that week that we feel like talking whether it's like okay tv show we feel like talking about when like fantasy football gets up going we start talking yeah. about our fantasy football stuff yeah. nfl mlb whatever just video games video games yeah. anything pop culture variety show kind of feel you know what i mean yeah, I like the idea. I think I think eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna make us all 
start like a single player video game together. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, just, for sure. we'll, we'll play. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Do an episode yeah. and say we'll play until we get to this level or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, that's like definitely one of the. Like that. Yeah, that's one yeah, of the yeah. things we want to do for sure. Video yeah, games. I'm down. I'm down for that. I think it's um, a good idea. Yeah. So. Yeah, it shouldn't be. We can do. We're gonna to want to talk about a lot of different stuff. So. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, sports, entertainment, right? News sometimes. Uh, music, oh, yeah, video event. games. Yeah, if we talk about sports, like it doesn't necessarily have to be like one game. It can be yeah. just like a course right. of like a recap of the course of like a month or whatever, right, yeah. depending on how the season is structured. Yeah. Or if we want to talk about like our Rocket League stuff, if we want to. Mm. Yep. So different kind of stuff like that. That sounds great. Disc golf. Yeah. And I guess how often we want to do it. I told uh, Raymond. It's probably ambi- like too ambitious at first to try and do it once a week just because yeah, of scheduling and stuff. I think that's what happened last time, honestly. Yeah. Um, a little just overwhelmed. Yeah, I think that if we if we want to say, like, we want to average two and a half probably a month, um, and we should just plan on doing it on a weekly basis, but, you know within the week if somebody says oh i got something going on we can't do it this week you know we would just do it the next week instead yeah um but you know i think we we want to put out of course more than one every month um but we're probably not you know four a month would be down the line i think yeah i think more more two or three yeah, yeah yeah definitely we we need a we need to figure out exactly how the structure of each thing works each episode Yes. Before we get to that point, I think. Definitely has to be some streamlined. Yeah. 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 Um, well, if we do this, do we want to try and do it again in a week, two weeks? Uh, yeah, let's, let's give ourselves two let's weeks. Two weeks. Maybe to school for me. Cause I, yeah, you know, you're I mean, starting you know. back. Yeah. Early. Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough, but. Next week's uh, just oh man, I go back Wednesday. Over next Wednesday. week, it's just yes, it's it's crazy to me. It really is so early. It's so early. But some so, extra so we'll... breaks. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'll it'll be worth it in October when I have that two weeks. But now it's a little hard to let go. Yeah. <laughs> of so, the way we've all known our whole life. Yeah. So what's going what's going to be the vibe of the domain Monday and Tuesday of next week? For you. Oh, um, gonna be a little melancholy for the return. Oh man, it's already so it's already melancholy, to be honest. And I, I was always bad as a kid going back to school in general, or just coming back from vacation. Anything ending was always tough for me growing up, and it's definitely not getting any better as as a teacher. Like being off is just so nice. Like, I don't get tired or bored of anything we do, even if that's nothing. So, and the real unfortunate part is my, my graduate course that I'm in right now is a five week course. And I have like a group project and the first like assignment due on, I think Wednesday of next week. Yeah. Wednesday night of next week. So I can't be in like full shutdown mode because I have to do 
some schoolwork. Mm. So I'm thinking tomorrow, actually, we're going to take a little day trip to the beach. Last hurrah type thing. Come back right. tomorrow night. So I'm thinking Monday and Tuesday, I've already kind of thought through it. I'm going to wake up at 8 on the dot, on the nose, and work for two hours on school stuff. Mm. Like back to school stuff, graduate school stuff. And then pretty much at 10 o'clock, 10.30, which is when I've been kind of naturally waking up the past few days, sleeping in late, I'm going to put the work down and I'm going to veg and probably, yeah, just, just prepare. <laughs> prepare for the, the yeah. ensuing darkness. Right. I guess the only thing really left is um, what we want to talk about two weeks. Um we can maybe do a couple of topics. I think one thing we could do is a little college football preview. Okay. We are getting to the time. Yeah, we are. We, and we could probably do that in like 20 or 30 minutes or so and supplement yeah. it with another yeah. topic. For sure. Yeah. I thought we'd always do that. What would be the other topic we'd want to do? Well, we, we kind of loop Jer in on this one. So, do you want to? Do you have any recommendations, Jeremy? Ooh, you have to think. Let me think on that. Um, yeah, you don't have to answer now. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, you can I kind of like the TV show thing. I, I like watching episodes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. trying to think what else would would be more of like a shorter, not full episode type topic. Well, I mean, any 20-minute um, show, the office. Or, like, a current event we could just talk about. Yeah, theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. It could just be even that. just, like, us just giving, like, yeah, initial opinions and then just the banter that comes along with our conversation, Matt. You know? how, about a, how about an album of music? Yeah. I mean, we okay. could do that yeah, as well. Yeah, we, And we don't have to discuss the whole album, though. We each... I mean, Come up. We could. We could say anything. Does anyone have anything to say about this song? And if so, not really. But we just kind of go down a track list. I'll tell you. We could also do um, just because it's kind of an interesting content way to do it. We could either do a rankings of like a genre yes. of albums, okay. or we oh, could do yeah, let's a, just rankings. Or we could do a fantasy draft of a mock. Yes. Do a mock? Well, of albums. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, God. Okay. A particular genre, like a snake draft, where we yep. get, like, yep. you know, whatever, four or five picks a piece, and then we evaluate each person's album lineup. Okay. I would like to do things. that, but I think I'd like to do it with something more simple first. Okay. Yeah. I what mean, we, we can use, it we with... can employ that a lot. I, I already know. I already know exactly what I want. You've talked yeah. to me. I'm glad we did this. I know exactly what I want. I want a fantasy draft of Disney and Pixar animated movies. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we, we pulled Disney, from... Like, I'm talking Lion King, but I'm also talking Cars. Pixar, or it's got to be animated, though. Animated, yes. So no oh, live action. Animated. No live action. Uh, okay, I mean, if you want, you remake. No, I mean, I'm action. just, I'm just asking. No, no, no. If live you want a live action, live action remakes are fine. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to be picking any. Yeah, of I'm not going to. I mean, I'm not either. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I'm just laying out the groundwork here. Yeah, no, 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 that's fair. Live action remakes are fair game. Um, any 
it could be it doesn't have, I mean Fantasia like literally anything uh, yeah. you can reach as far into the vault as you need yep reach into the vault um, because unfortunately I just like a lot of Disney movies it's hard to find one that's like a gem I feel like there really only are a couple gems and they, they come out like three or four movies at a time I swear yeah. I forget about some of them and we're like we're kind of at the point where I feel like we were very lucky. Yes. So I'm cur- I'm curious where y'all would where y'all would kind of rank. I like this a lot. Movies. This is yes, because I, I watched Over the Hedge. Me and Kayla did the other mm. night, and I was like, you know, there's nothing like this anymore. Like just no, no there's not. Absolutely like, not. Not not even just like the animation Disney. style, but just yep. like. Just the kookiness and just lightheartedness of it. Everything is like trying to make okay. a point, yep. regardless of what yep. it is. Pushing it I, just, I just want a cartoon yep. that I'm just like, you know, yep. yeah, y'all steal just... that, steal that can of Pringles <laughs> from the Bears. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So speaking of that though, because Over the Hedge is DreamWorks, right? But Over the Hedge is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over the Hedge is amazing. It is DreamWorks, you're right. Do we want to do uh, a fantasy draft of animated movies, of animated kids movies? So that includes just in general. Um, I mean, we could do that as well. It really widens the field. It does. I think too much. I think to the point that we would all have all star lineups. I think it's the only thing. Okay. Yeah, you definitely have to have your yeah yeah. yeah. It it takes the challenge out a little bit. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. So yeah, I I think Disney Pixar. Okay, Disney Pixar. Mm -hmm. All right, that'll save me from taking Shrek two at one overall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy, that would be that would be the pick there. You're so you're already you're already you're already already uh, my pick. They're on some strategy. Well, do we have anything else, y'all? That's it. I think it's a great episode. I think I so, too. I'll uh, go ahead and chop it up. I'll try and get it out uh, so we can all listen to it tonight. Sounds good. Hey, oh, how about uh, names? Oh, just yeah. Just a thought. Just a thought. Ports up. Oh. oh. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. Just no, the, I'm just going to no. throw that, that smoke bomb in there, and then we can sit with it. Because it just came to my mind when you said chopping this up. I was just, I don't know. So... Um, I'm gonna keep thinking on it too, but just just putting it in the pool. Oh man, I I think I just what about in incorporating the couch thing? What about chopped takes from the couch? Chopped takes from the couch. I like it. I like it. And another it's, thing to simmer over. Yeah, I mean, I like we, it a lot. You know, we can continue to consider the ingredients will meet meet each other in the pot. So yeah, we can make sure we're all writing these down. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But this has been the TBD Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Jeremy Gilberius. And we will talk to you next time. Peace, peace. Welcome, 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 welcome back, everybody, to our fifth episode. Yeah, I thought this is correct. Fifth episode. We really should start keeping um, including yeah. um, unnumbered episode number whatever. Um, I have a co-host with the most back at it, Jeremy Jerberius McClure. Uh, we got an exciting episode for you here today. Um, 
post our review of some Mad Men uh, via Eric and Raymond's request. Um, I've got a little challenge for us today. We're going to do a little fantasy draft of Disney animated films. This includes Pixar uh, from all the way back from the 1940s up to current Disney movies. So we got a lot in store here. There are a lot of good movies to. I'm actually kind of excited about. Yeah, I'm this. very excited. I feel like this is our potentially our best episode. I don't want to christen it for as boring. But it's our know, best Hawkins. We got yeah. a lot to live up to here. Uh, yes, and this was inspired by just the idea of doing a fantasy draft based off of something. And the first thing that came to my mind is Disney movies because there are plenty of real good ones here. So we got a little twelve round draft coming up, I believe. Okay. Yep, 10, 10 to twelve round draft. I think we're going to stop at ten, um, unless we're really feeling that some good ones left on the board here. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Raymond, if you want to walk through, kind of how because there will be a winner. I guess, right? Or, or so, a, I mean, I guess it should. It's really movies are subjective. Yeah, it's subjective. I really feel like. Oh, it's not really a winner. That's just for fun. It's a math winner. Yeah, there yeah is. there's, there's a score, score but I think we should also, as a panel, you know, just kind of look back. Yes, and like subjectively a, at from yeah. our childhood or whatever. Yeah. And if you had to watch ten of these movies in a row, mm-hmm. which which list are you picking? Yeah, you, know, you have a whole a day. Way. You got to watch the ten in a row, or um, we'll just say that we had kids. You know, if we had to show our kids ten Disney movies, their first ten Disney movies. Which one are we picking? You know, but so, Ray, go ahead and uh, spit your fire over there with the math. All right, so I had a real doozy of a time trying to figure this out. Let me tell you what, Excel is so bitch, not fun to use if you don't know what you're doing. So what we're going to do is we are taking the IMDb score and the Rotten Tomato score, the budget that the movie had, and the box office revenues. We will be taking the uh, Rotten Tomato scores and IMDb scores, combining those, and they'll still be in the form, same form as IMDb is, so out of 10. And... Yeah, we actually, and then we'll be taking the difference of the box office and budget, mm-hmm. and then and then we'll be multiplying that together, and that will give us our total gross. So then our gross will be put in. No, sorry, that's cumulative. That's a cumulative. Sorry, the IMDb and the Rotten Tomato scores will be put together in a scale of ten, and that will be the cumulative score. The cumulative score is then multiplied by the difference between the box office and the budget. That gives us a total, I guess we'll call that draft value. Mm -hmm. That is our draft value. And then later on, we will have a formula where, depending, we have a certain range where, let's see, pick one is from 6,000. Sorry, 8,000 to 6,000. Round two picks are scaled from 5,999 to 4,000. And it goes on from there. And then as we get down towards the bottom, round 10, we have really it goes from if you scored 299, that is to get out of the round 10 range. And I'm glad you all know what 
what's going on there because I definitely don't. Okay. I, Listen, I, me, I'm me, trying me to get it explained to me. I'm not work. a math person. Um, so if you're out there and you don't know what the hell's going on, hey, neither do I. Listen, okay, this is me and Eric were. Jeremy can count this. There were very long text messages. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, and I did read the – I want you to know, I was at family night that night, um, and on the ride home, Eric drove home, so I read through these, and I really – and it's it's because of math. What kind truly, of mad scientist work is going on? It's, but you know what? Jewish. It's beautiful. You've done something to where I had this idea. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just pick our 10 favorite Disney movies to, okay, let me study up a little bit uh, to try to also have somewhat of the best um, draft based on this formula. So uh, I, I can't say I understand all of it, but I love it. So, yeah. So what we're really trying to do here is the premise is we're really just picking our favorite. Yes. Like you might, you might try to snipe somebody's pick. I think that's more important to us than the scoring. Ultimately. Yeah. That's yeah. just to put it in. We're really just trying to get the movies that we want. That and yeah, we're That's just want to have fun is. with it. We're just throwing math in it because it makes it fun. It does. Right. Shout out to Disney for some yes. great movies. Yeah. Uh, so I think Eric, you should go ahead and go over the draft order since you do have the first overall pick. That is right. And so what we'll be doing with this is once one person makes their pick, they will give just like a, like a brief little interlude why they chose. Give a little description. We'll okay. talk about our personal responses to that movie as well. Exactly. I'm sure we all have memories. So then Jeremy will plug that into our uh, spreadsheet. Yep. Math was. And then <laughs> after the person is done talking, he will give the uh, draft value, and then we'll go on to the next bit. Perfect. All right. Well, yes, I do have the first pick. Uh, I fell victim to a rogue coin. Uh, Jeremy flipped one eight times in succession on heads and we're still trying to figure out what kind of witchcraft was involved in that but, I, I still don't believe it's not like i don't know it's <laughs> there's something going on but that's hey, that's for another day i forgot a coin so you gotta use my <laughs> house rules coin uh, but so jeremy got to pick his spot and he's going with the third corner uh, the hot corner the third pick because we're doing a serpentine, serpentine style draft, uh, and for those unfamiliar, that just means the third pick of the first round will go first in the next round, and so on. It's just an inversion of the order each round to, I, I guess, Spice have some up. equity in the game there. Yeah, I agree. You know? um, so, yeah, I, I have the first. Raymond has the second. Jeremy has the third. And I think we're ready to rock and roll, right? I'm ready to believe we are. All right. Well, Oof. it sounds like we have a storm rolling in, so it'll be some does, pretty does. good ambiance. Yeah, yeah. real cozy. Somebody here. drops a snipe pick and then <laughs> lightning. Yeah, time it up. Well, um, and I do think it's important to talk about just with our age that many of these Disney movies, especially I think in the first five picks, I enjoyed VHS. Yeah. I don't know about y'all. Um, there's nothing like. Staying home from school, sick, mm. throwing these puppies in the in the VCR, falling asleep, and waking up to that blue screen. <laughs> I mean, ultimate comfort, yeah, for me. Absolutely. Um, man, well, I guess I'm on the clock here. You're on the clock. Uh, do we actually want to put a timer on, or do we just want to just do like? I don't think we'll be yeah. on. Yeah. Right, cool. Let's All just right. do this. 
I, and I, I can tell you, I definitely don't need a timer for this first pick here because uh, I'm going to take one. And this may not have been y'all's first round picks, but I sure hope it was. I'm going with Toy Story 2. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have made it through. <laughs> Perfectly so escaped. Was that your first pick, um, Jeremy? That is my that is my favorite Toy Story film. Okay. <clears throat> so, yes, that's definitely my favorite. My favorite Pixar film, and I guess... Having looked over the list of all these movies so many times in the past few days, it's my favorite animated film, I guess I would say. Yeah, uh, you already have the familiarity of the characters in Toy Story as a kid when you're watching this. Mm-hmm. And then you get introduced to Woody's Roundup Gang, a whole new cast of characters. Jesse, um, who is, you know, maybe has one of the best stories in all the Toy Story yeah. franchise. That song. You know, mm-hmm. still pulls at me even yeah, if I watch oh, it to man. this day. And uh, yeah, you got the the evil owl guy in the oh, chicken man. suit when he's when he's cleaning Woody up. Yes. Oh my god, that's that's an awesome scene. Yeah. it's just like the way they in, like incorporated the music into it. Yeah, man, the ballet movement. It's so so beautiful to do that in animation. Which, like, I mean, at the time, I think that probably was groundbreaking to yeah. be able. To well, do it that. wasn't. Not to jump to a description of another Toy Story movie, but wasn't the original Toy Story movie itself groundbreaking in like the animation? In a lot of ways, I think that was the first absolutely. Pixar film, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, but yeah, all that and uh, oh, Rex beats Zerg in the elevator set in, in the elevator shaft, which is you know you get a little climactic action for everybody else in the story. So I think that's just the perfect one. Um, and Jeremy, here are the numbers. I'm going to give them to you in the order they go on the spreadsheet. Uh, oh, and we said all the box office numbers we're going to be using, we're just going to be doing like three, two digits. So like this would be 352 million, like it would be 350.2 million dollars. Okay. Well, 352 just, would just be 352. Oh, yeah. 352, I mean, yeah. 200,000. Yeah, three. Just tell me how I have to take it for this first one. Then. So you know, you obviously got the movie there. Box office for this one is going to be five twelve on a budget of ninety. Just put it at five twelve point zero zero. Yeah, I mean you can just put five twelve. Okay, that's what I did. Budget of what now? Ninety. Our Rotten Tomato score there is one hundred. Uh, IMDb, this one <sighs> hurt seven point nine. I don't understand IMDb. IMDb is brutal. IMDb hates movies. Mm-hmm. So that pump out a cumulative cumulative of seven five five three eighty. Seven, uh, seven five five three eighty. Is that like point eighty? Yes, point eighty. Okay, so seven thousand five hundred fifty three. I just want to check back at the range to see how i did there okay i'm in the first round right okay so, wow. so, all yeah. right so the first round is actually pretty big <laughs> draft value one yeah toy yeah. story it's gonna be taken up and I mean, just fantastic pick thank you sir if, if, if i had the one that was that was it yep thank you all-time favorite animated film as well yeah back on over to mr raymond mr raymond please all right boys I'll take both of them. <laughs> I'll take both of them. I'm taking Finding Nemo. Oh! Wow. Off the board. Wow. Sips the Mickey. Oof. 
boys. It was going that. early. This is a movie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you want to talk about just a thriller? Just think about it. Your son gets kidnapped, right? <laughs> Not even by like a human body, like an alien being for all you know. Okay? And you're tasked with going to go save him, and you meet this. And, and let alone the emotional damage of the mother in the first Oh, um, yes, God. I mean, right away. It gets you at the heartstrings, gets you invested, reels you in. And when you, yes, as the father, yeah. you already yeah. been through it. Yeah, Marlon. Just losing your wife, then having to raise a kid, you know, shelter him. You know, he, he's trying his best sheltering him, you know, because he's this little, small, little thin. He has to learn to let go so he can go join kindergarten. That's right. But. Exactly. And that, that that right there, this movie has quotes yeah. upon quotes upon quotes. Okay, nobody can say see an enemy, except apparently, except for me. Apparently. Just did it first try. So you got just keep swimming. Oh, I mean, everybody knows that. Oh, yes, light flickering is here. This is what make it. Apparently, rain on the window pane. Dory does it for the overworld. Anyways. <laughs> We might lose power here, folks. Well, it's okay. That, we're good and running with the podcast. Okay, we're still way. good? All right, we're still yeah, up. Unless Jeremy needs to jump into emergency mode. Nope. All right. <laughs> you just can let us know, man. But, but yeah, so like I was fine. saying, like, and then just the relief that Dory puts in it, like the comedic relief that she does. Well, I mean, she also adds it, just her and Marlon's relationship. Is also another aspect from this movie that we that should be explored more. I don't think really people look at it from that. You know, yeah. a lot of people just see it from him trying to go get his son. That's and I feel like his journey with Dory at first, like he just pushes her aside. He's she's she's just there. Mm-hmm. He's not even he's just pushing her aside, going about his business. He's set on getting his son, and then all of a sudden she has this brilliant memory of this one thing and that just sets the movie off from there that's yeah. right she was determined exactly mm. and also just the movie itself the color palette mm. like i i'm afraid of the open ocean mm. that's actually a big fear of mine that's a phobia oh yeah big time me too but this color palette mm. makes the ocean seem warm and biting the turtles oh I mean, yeah crush Crush. Come on. Like, I mean, again, is this movie just I don't know. I think it'll always be a great movie. Is it your is it your top is it your favorite Disney movie? It's in the top three. Okay. Top three. So I'll go ahead and give you the uh punch them in. Yep. So IMDB. Well actually I'll go ahead and give you box office. Box office did nine hundred and forty point three million. The budget was ninety four million. Wow. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes was 98%. Okay. I'm sorry, wait a second. Yeah, 99. Yeah, that is 99, sorry. <clears throat> and then IMDb was 8.2. Fantastic pick. It's going to be a bigger it's number. A very good pick. 940.3, right? Oh, for the box, yeah. Yes. 94. 94. 99. Correct. 8.20. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have a cumulative of 0.02. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. 
this is where we enter put in a little interlude while we figure out what is going dun, 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 dun. on oh that's why just keep swimming just keep swimming all right and i am at this point also gonna let my puppy in because she's a little scared of thunderstorms no problem there sir um, Okay. Alright. Uh, Alright, just making sure everything's good. Here, I'll pause this one. 